Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. And now... Join Kevin Hart as he dives into the minds of some of the world's funniest comedians. This is Comedy Gold Mines with Kevin Hart. Welcome, world. Welcome to an all-new episode of Comedy Gold Mines, where we do what? Where we get into the minds of amazing comedic talent. That comedic talent can be writers, directors, producers, comedians. I mean, it could pretty much be anything. I love comedy, so I love to understand people who share the same passion, people who love the same thing. And more importantly, you know what I like to do? I like to just talk. I'm a fucking talker, man. Today's conversation will be great. You know why? Because I'm talking to an amazing piece of talent. Yes, I said it. Ladies and gentlemen, I will compare this guest to a rocket because that's how fast they seem to be going at the time. Career is exploding. Television, movies, all of the above. Truly taking this screen by storm. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Comedy Gold Mines, Nora Lum, a.k.a. Aquafina, a.k.a. The Rocket. Yes. I like it. No, I'll take it. Hi. Hi, Kevin. How are you? I'm doing okay. How you doing? I am good. For our listeners here, let me let you know where this relationship starts. We did a movie together. Yes. That's right. I had the pleasure of working with Nora. We did a film, a little small film called Jumanji. Uh, Jumanji the next level and I had the pleasure of working with Nora and talking to Nora and and getting a, a small level of understanding because we talked but you know it was never crazy crazy in depth you know we asked each other questions about what are you doing next what are your plans but this is my opportunity to really get to talk to you in a way that I didn't then I remember when the conversation of Jumanji came up and you were bought up and everybody went crazy they were like oh my god we'd be so lucky so lucky to get her. Um, this was after Crazy Rich Asians, and your your role in Crazy Rich Asians was so dope. You presented yourself as a comic relief, but also as just a as a as a real force in that world of improv, spontaneity, just kind of knowing where to be, what to do, and what to say. I could tell that some stuff was written, some stuff wasn't, but that character in Crazy Rich Asians really popped, really really fucking popped, and I found synergy. I'm gonna tell you how I found synergy here, Nora. I found synergy to myself and think like a man. And my role in think like a man was set up the same way. It was set up for me to pop. And if you pop correctly, things after follow. Did you know during Crazy Rich Asians that that role was possibly the role of a lifetime for you? Um, you know, I, I, I didn't, but I did know what I knew about how it felt, which I felt, I felt like comedically free. And I felt that I just had like the complete trust of like, everyone around me that I was, you know, so like, I knew that there were like liberties with it that like, I really liked, you know, but in terms of it popping, I, 
I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know. So you felt, you say you felt that. I felt that. Wow. I felt that. During Think Like a Man, there was moments where we were all set. You just used a term called comedically free, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And using that same phrase where I saw that I was able to do what I want. Mm -hmm. Where the director and my, my cast, my co-stars, where they literally took a step back at times and was like, okay, this is where Kevin's going to go. Wow. And it was kind of set up. And, and there was moments where I felt like I was knocking that ball out. Yeah, for sure. I felt it during. So, so the reason why I ask you that, because in watching Crazy Rich Asians, there's scenes where I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. She, it's just like, it's, it's, it's everything that it's supposed to be. You're so good in those scenes. You're so good in the movie in general. And it's like, I just wanted to know if you had that moment of clarity while doing it, or was it after seeing it, were you shocked? I mean, you have to also understand, I really did not act a lot before that movie, mm -hmm. you know? So I, I honestly just was really surprised at, first of all, how close I felt with everybody, right? So I think that goes with it. But yeah, when I saw it, I just felt that, you know, yeah, it came, I, I enjoyed my parts in it for sure. But, you know, it's such a contrast against what everyone else is doing, though, too. I feel like a lot of the heavy lifting is actually people that are, like, carrying the story. Whereas, mm -hmm. like, you know, my character kind of comes in in very sporadic moments, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's also kind of cool to, you know, to also see people around me doing stuff. You said that you didn't act a lot before that. How did this role come about? I, um... You know, it was really weird. I got like a message, a Facebook message from this like Asian British actor friend that I knew. And he was like, I just got an open casting call for Crazy Rich Asians. You should audition for this. And I was like, I don't even know what, how I would audition. At that point, I had never acted any of that. <laughs> and then like two years later, I remember seeing the, always seeing the book in the airport. And I just remember being like, oh, that's a, it says Asians. And that's a, you know, at that time, it wasn't a lot of Asian stuff, you know, especially in Hudson News. But years later, I, I think like two years later, I met with John Chu and um, I auditioned for it. And it's just, it, it's so random, by the way, how things just happen, right? Like they, I know. it's yeah. not, it's not planned. Not like you got a, a, a layout. There's a storyboard as to how things Definitely. are going to work out. Uh, something as random as a friend calling you for an open casting call leads to just right. you just having something on your mind that wasn't on your mind. And then boot blink, it pops up into your space and your thinking space. And before you know it, oh shit, this becomes your reality. By the way, right. that's the world and structure for most things surrounding comedic talent in general. It's very much a sporadic space of opportunity because mm -hmm. it's never expected when things happen and when they do is, holy shit, holy shit, I can't believe. Right. What was your background that got you there? Tell my audience what your background was that got you to the place of even being considered for your friend to call you and say, yo, you should <laughs> go out for this. Well, I, the background for that situation was just, I randomly met a guy and, and that, you know, at that point I had music videos up that's and, what I want uh, you to talk about. That. I'm yeah, talking about yeah. Your, your so, world of music and videos. Yeah, I was, I mean, I always had made music and then, you know, I, I published a music video. I wrote it when I was like very young, like in my mm -hmm. teens. And then I didn't actually publish it until um, like 24, mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, it was just like, it was that world, but also then, you know, what, what next? Okay. And I, I never thought about acting as like a possibility ever. So, you know, with, with that, I think there was always a comedic sensibility to, to all of my music stuff. So, you know, that was the most important driving factor. And my music was never meant to be anything but, you know, just, just that, you know. So by that time, 
I had gotten a manager uh, and he was kind of like, well, let's, you know, let's maybe get you an audition. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but like the, the crazy rich Asians thing, I don't know. Yeah, it was, it, it, so at that point, like I was, I was um, looking for maybe what's next, you know? You have to educate yourself uh, for, for my listeners, man. You got to educate yourself on Nora and just her music background. Like <laughs> when she's when she's talking about it, she's being very modest right now. But oh, when I can say the, the attention that has been <laughs> driven her way, it comes from uh, the music, the music videos that she's done. And there's a comedic tone to it all. But you really see a sense of charm. Uh, you see star. I'll be honest with you. You can see oh, where man. where the star, the star like cadence uh, is is basically seen and why the opportunities are now coming her way you know we're talking about crazy rich asians being her first movie uh we're talking about her stealing that movie um from the comedic perspective but then after that multiple opportunities came after multiple opportunities came after i mean oh, yeah. goodness gracious we're talking about jumaji the next level i mean you are recently in um the marvel movie that's it's it's about to come out or is out what's the name of it shang chi and it's coming out september 3rd what is this role this role is is uh shang chi's best friend so she's she you know is very much just of the normal world and uh kind of goes with him on this like really insane journey to kind of rediscover his past and how did you do that how did you somehow land yourself in the world of jumanji and then somehow jump over to marvel do you even understand oh, how man. massive that is are you aware of how crazy that is <laughs> like has it, you gotta pinch I'm, yourself right Juma now, <laughs> yeah i mean yeah but it's like you know the, these things it's like it, you're you're so happy about them happening but it's like uh the pinch me moments are also like well what's what's what are you know like what what's what's one's other shoe gonna drop you know like it's like it, you know it turns into more of a panicky pinching moment than like a you know like this is it's it, when things are you know so i i always have that embedded in me but i i'm trying to teach it out of me but you know yeah it's it, it was a massive transition i think like i guess how do you how, how i want to know how you like kind of negotiated with with kind of all this and like when it when it started happening for you when it started happening um i mean when i was in that position that you're in right now there was it was a high level of excitement first of all you can't bypass the level of holy shit mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. there was a there's a major amount of holy shit nice, that i right. had and i can relate to what you just said which is okay there is holy shit but then there's like okay wait what the fuck is happening after this <laughs> what, what is hold on wait. oh shit well hold on this is happening but wait okay now, <laughs> yeah. when this drop wait i better get it wait well, what next i don't want to be i don't want to be out here with nothing else going mm -hmm. on um i i quickly understood and learned how to develop i quickly understood uh, the world of conversation and project and attachment wow. right like it was okay i'm i'm doing this and there's so much attention attached to my name but i don't want to wait for something else to come up what can i spark the conversation of or on and and i attached myself to a great producer it was will packer at the time oh yeah I love and, yeah, will and packer, will yeah. packer and myself you know we we did a crazy run of about six six to seven successful yeah. movies um but we kept we kept we stayed in that think tank you know it was the ride-alongs that's the ride-alongs it was about last night uh we did think like a man right, we did right, uh, right. wedding ringer like yeah. we kept we kept looking for material that i could that i could um star in that we could produce and develop and we had a studio that was willing to to ride that machine as well so yeah. you know my advice to you and you know i take away the word advice 
information because advice means do it like I would do it. And I don't, I don't mean that at all. Okay. Information that I can give you is right now, you know, you even have, I know there's a, a, a TV show that you have mm -hmm. now. It's, um, that's on Comedy Central, right? Nora from Queens. Yeah, Nora from Queens, yeah. And, and it's like, you know, that's more, that's more development that's attached to you as a star. I would say from just an information perspective, find more ways to do that with film as well, especially in today's time because the conversation of diversity is louder than it's ever been, right? It's, it's so loud. Mm -hmm. And the opportunities that are now at hand are good. And, and they're good for good reasons. Because, you know, I think studios are truly trying to make the efforts of following the lead of the conversation and making that change. And when there's a talent as strong as yourself that you can attach to real strong material, the only recipe is, is win. Like right now, you're talking about we're talking about you in a fucking Marvel movie at the beginning, <laughs> Jumanji, and we're talking about other starring roles and guest starring roles. Like you're very much a part of the comedy conversation, especially with women in entertainment right now, and I think that's so dope. It's yeah. so fucking dope. Thank you, Kevin. No, thank you for that information too, because you know I feel like that's ultimately where where you want to go. Like, do you? You ever feel like like I was an executive producer on my on my show, and that mm -hmm. was like, there's a lot of stuff that like actors. It's not that they're not told; they just mm -hmm. they're just not involved in it. You know, they come mm -hmm. to work, they assume that work starts in the hair and makeup trailer, and then you know, there's so many decisions, and there's like so many people, mm -hmm. um, like involved in every in everything. It really makes you appreciate the process more. But there's some times where it's like I really I do enjoy this. You know, like mm -hmm. not even in a way where. You know, I just, I just want to like do, you know, I like, I genuinely want to be on, on the ground. I want to, I want to do it. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's the kind of person you are too. Absolutely. I find so much excitement in ground zero. Yeah. Right? Yeah. For like real. Ground, yeah. Ground zero is dope to me because you truly get to see how this thing starts Yeah. and how it how it finishes right like 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 starting like when you say all right i'm in the beginning stages kevin and and, and i have such an appreciation because you know you're you're eping on on your show right and you know on this show that's developing by the way let's make sure we shout it out properly we're talking about nora from queens uh, <laughs> uh drops august 18th on comedy central yes. it's it's uh, another product another project that this amazing talent that i'm talking to today uh has had the opportunity of fucking of, of developing being a part of and and it's about to be on display for you all to see it so make sure you lock that in okay as as i'm talking i want to make sure i throw that to thank you. you thank but you but here's the beauty of it there's jobs attached to it right there's there's yeah. opportunities for the people that work uh in craft services transportation yeah. your camera crew you're talking right. about your other writers your other actors actresses there's so many pieces to this puzzle that come together ultimately to make the right thing that was your vision that started mm -hmm. off as your vision well when you see all of the minds that come to the table that's what i'm saying like when all those people are, are working hard for like something that's for you it's the best you know what i mean it's like it's it's like a really warm feeling i mean another thing that i always saw you do also on jumanji is like every time you come to set you 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 bring with you like just like morale you know what i mean <laughs> like you, you want to make sure you come to set like and you acknowledge everyone and that everyone's kind of happy that's like that's like a big thing it's a priority it's a priority and, and yeah. you know, I, I think I find uh, a significant amount of joy out of doing what I love and I, I would love my level of happy to rub off 
as much as possible on those around me because it doesn't have to be this way, right? Like right. our our days can be long, brutal days, but if we got an attitude that that matches that, well, then they're going to be longer. Yeah, exactly. When you come in and it's like, hey, man, look at look at this. Where I remember there was a day when we were doing Jumanji. Remember we were in the fucking we were in uh. They had built the town. They had built the town thing, whatever that was, right? And they had, was it camels or what, what did oh, they have? Oh, you're talking about the, like, the marketplace. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. The, you, and, you and I remember. You did what, not like riding. Oh, I did not like, whatever that fucking thing was. When I tell you. It was a camel. But the camel. My allergies were kicking my ass. This, the smell from this camel the dust, I've never seen a dustier goddamn... Wait, have you ridden a camel? No, listen, that fucking camel was kicking my allergies ass. But I said, I said, I'm not going to let this camel beat me. I'm not going to let it happen because it's such a fun scene. It's such a fun day. And I said, if my morale goes down, I said, I feel like everybody else's morale will go down. And I was like, this fucking camel. Our morale went up as yours went down. <laughs> Because you, because that thing, because, because also camels lean too. That fucking so camel, the camel, man. <laughs> Yo, you guys were having such a good time. Oh I was miserable God. on that camel. I couldn't stand that fucking camel. But it was truly, for me, it was truly about understanding the amazing environment that we created yeah. like all this shit was built we had this world and i was like there is no room for error man and i remember looking at jake our director mm -hmm. and and seeing jake i knew how long his days was and how much was on his mind right. and i was also trying to take a lot off of his plate making sure like the last thing he had to worry about was us uh -huh, uh -huh. the actors the actresses like us and our attitude so that's something that i think about honestly on a day-to-day -day. i i think about the whole team the whole crew yeah. and what mindset we all can have that can just ultimately help our project become better yeah it's a thought a good feeling no for sure i mean i i noticed that from from jumanji from you and i i, I always want to do that too want to make mom's day Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Where are you at music-wise now? What, what are you doing with your music? Like now that you're, you know, the schedule is becoming uh, busier, you know, you're, you're doing more. Um, are you still, are you still in the lab? Are you still focused on doing a certain amount of it or, or has the time uh, that you can allot to it changed a little? I mean, it's, I think it's just that music is like my, like love. Mm -hmm. It's therapeutic for me. It's, it's something that I have to learn and like get better at every day. Mm -hmm. And I make music all the time. Like when I come up, when I come over Jumanji like I had I would go to the guitar center in Atlanta I just get all my my little machines and every night that's how you know I, I kind of turned down and so I love yeah it. so like I'm always doing it but it's like you know how demanding these projects are you know absolutely you have to put when you make an album or you start a new project you have to be in this you could be sleeping in the studio kind of thing so it's like 
it's I have I have so much stuff and it's like however I do know that with this with the movie stuff I don't really have a choice really I have a choice but it's gonna come to me when it comes to me mm. and when it's over it's over right I'm not I, I can't force people to like want to watch me but I can I'm always gonna work on music I'm like I'm not not releasing it but like making it yeah I love it give me some goals like what what else is it that you want from the business you know I mean right now you're you're actively in it and now that you are seeing more understanding more um has your goals changed has your has your wants from your career changed yeah um I, I think definitely it's it's weird because it's like when you're when you be when you begin this you really don't know kind of what you're looking for you don't know what fame really means you don't really know you know whatever what all the other trappings of it right but mm-hmm. but i think for me i've gotten to a place in the last maybe two or three years that it's like i'm focusing more inward and a lot of things from like my childhood have popped up that make me mm-hmm. realize that like at the end of the day i'm going to be stuck with myself you know, mm-hmm. my legacy or anything that I do or anything I leave behind, that's going to have been, but like, I'm going to have myself. So if, if in here is like chaotic and, and there's no like baseline foundation, you know, security, any of that and security now, it doesn't mean like a 401k for me, a security is like, will I be a sane person? And mm. I feel like, um, I'm trying to search for that right now, like some kind of peace, right? So like a medium where like, the other shoe, you don't feel like the other the other shoe will drop, you know? Mm. I don't really know what that is, but I'm just mining away at it because I just know that that's, that's what's going to be important later. How did you come to that, though? For you to start to uh, adapt that, that level of thinking now, what was the trigger? What is it that made you say, you know what, right now what's most important to me is, is truly understanding me, my mind, mm-hmm. and, and valuing my sanity, you right. know, my, my level of sane. Do you feel at one moment that it started to, to sway the other way? Do you feel like you kind of got lost for a second for you to prioritize it at the way that you're doing? Yeah, no, I feel like I, I was working for two years. I was on the road. I didn't, I moved houses. I moved from New York to LA. I hadn't seen my grandma in months because I was like in other countries and and I think within that, it's like, there's like its own internal clock, right? Where it feels like it's going by so fast, but then, you know, a year passes by mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, we were doing this a year ago. I didn't see my family and I didn't really, in my dreams, like my dreams turned into this one location of this airport, casino, mall, hotel, mm. like this giant structure of all those things, mm-hmm. right? So, and I'm always trying to get from one end to the other to make a flight. I didn't have like a sense of home in my dreams, you know? And I began to like kind of search for it. And I don't know, I just like, I feel like there are other, there were other things in my life that I realized, you know, I hadn't thought about, you know? Absolutely. But that's, I think that's all with growth though. Nora, you know, uh, first of all, you're, you're human and, you know, none of us have it figured out. None of us figure it out instantly. And, you know, as I said time and time again on this podcast and talking to so many friends, the craziest thing is that there's no handbook. Right. There's no handbook. With literally this shit. no handbook. And literally you can't Google no. your problems that are going to, no. like, you could Google it at work, like, my, like this, I, I got this, you know, like, what do I do with, you know, but we can't Google that. There is no lesson given to you on how to deal with suddenly, with, with the sudden, the sudden benefit of fame, success, and money. 
right? There's no handbook. There's no lecture. There's no class. So, so as you get it, the discovery of self is one that you have to be willing to, to open yourself up to. And honestly, it's the hardest work you're going to do. Absolutely. Is what I'm finding, but the most rewarding. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. as, a, as a family guy, you know, I can say like, I, I love my wife and my kids and, and, and our household more than anything in the world. But there was a moment where I did have to learn how to value that at the highest level. Because you can say and think that you're doing it, but your actions may not match. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right? Like, you can say it, and you can think that you're doing it, but it's not till something happens or, or that you get a certain, um, a certain level of visibility right. into, a different, into a different look at life that you go, oh, shit, I could be doing more here. Right. I'm not giving enough here. And I think, you know, and listening to what you're saying, I hear you saying, you know, I want to make sure that I'm conscious of self Mm -hmm. and and your mind. And there's something that's very special about that. It's special about you, you realizing that now as your, as your rocket is, is really fucking bubbling to continue to go. And I think when you find those different stages of priority or, or prioritization, priority, Prioritization. Prioritization. <laughs> yeah. I struggle with some of those no. big words sometimes, but you get what I'm trying to say. Yes, Pri- I do. Prioritization. I, do. I know how to fucking spell it. I just can't say it correctly. <laughs> but as you as you're now talking about that, um, I think that's what's important because you'll make sure that through the projects and through the workload that you carve out the time for you, for your family. Yeah. You know what I mean? For the things that that you saw yourself miss at one point. Mm-hmm. That's special. Yeah. That's big. How does your family feel about your success? They love it. They, you know. <laughs> what are we talking about when we say family? Um, I'm an only child. I was raised by my grandma and my dad. My mom passed when I was when I was really young. So, um, so it's my grandma who's like always been my number one supporter. Like, you know, when I wanted to take mm-hmm. singing lessons, she would, you know, drive me into Ridgewood and take give me singing lessons and stuff. But uh, my dad was like, no, he wanted me to be an air traffic controller. <laughs> like it just specifically that. <laughs> <laughs> it was, How specific I think he, is like, that? Jesus Christ. US World it's, so, it's so specific. I think, I think it's a good it's career, so... man. I think he maybe knew a guy. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> that, could get, yeah. that could get me through the side door, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> Which uh, <laughs> he's got a hookup. Who has a hookup in air traffic control? Yeah, this is what yeah. I'm telling you. This is it right yeah. here. Trust me, that's pretty special. And then he signed me up for like all of these, like kind of like the government jobs list listings that they send out. I still get them. So you know, I, I think uh, he's happy now. And then it quickly turned from like, "Hey man, you got to get a real job." It quickly turned from that to. Uh, him like planning my tours yeah. and stuff, yeah. I can help like now. you know, I got and you. then and and now him being like, "Hey, no, I got to renovate my house." <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, I thought, yeah. and then like uh, you know, playing coy and stuff. Yeah, but. you you. I mean, the, there's there's nothing funnier than the need of those closest <laughs> to you. Um, you know, as, oh, as, your, know. as your success grows, the needs of the ones closest to you change. It's it go. It, it's weird. It's it's very weird. I remember I remember the time like uh, when I saw the transition from my friends when we were going out to eat where when the orders started to change to steak 
And I was like, when when did y'all start eating fucking steak? When did this? When I've been around y'all for fucking years. They, you know they started with two starters. Start, literally. And all of a sudden, it's, I'll do the wagyu. Yeah. Is the wagyu good? It started with peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Now you're asking about... Uh, how do you guys fillet the steak? Can y'all do that for me? Uh, peppercorn at the top. When the fuck did you start ordering goddamn peppercorn on your goddamn steak? You ain't never did that. What the fuck is happening? It was a, it was a very quick, a very quick transition oh into mac and oh, cheese, uh, shrimp, shrimp double mac and cheese with the soft crab. That come with what? three sides. Oh or? my god! To go boxes. Yeah, my mom. I'm gonna let her get some. Your mom. The fuck you mean, your mom? She ain't, <laughs> she ain't here with us. Yeah, I'm gonna let mom get some of this. Oh my God. Let mom eat some of this. I saw it. I saw the fucking transition. I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, but it's good though. It's good to see that now they're they're happy and supportive. And like anybody, there's doubt in the beginning. There's always doubt in the beginning because sure, sure, because you're yeah. outside the box. You're a part of a very small group of people called dreamers. And 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 us dreamers uh, see things that nobody else can see, which is a strong belief in ourselves and what we think we can mm -hmm. do. And I think it's very hard for people to see that 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 don't have that. Do you think that dreamers are different than other kinds of people? Because we do have a, a strong belief in self, but at the same time, we're very sensitive to like our outside mm. environment as well. Because I feel like there are people that have a strong belief in self, but they don't actually change yes or it just like drops off i like that you said sensitive to your environment as well because that has to be it's true right like you to to have a dream is is one thing but i can say to not be aware while being on the road to that dream is another and the one thing that you have to be oblivious to is doubt right while you're trying to execute mm. on you you have the doubt doubt is the biggest enemy because doubt is all around you. Everybody's got doubt. Everyone. Ah, I, I don't know. No, no shot that can happen. But how do you have like information on how to deal with that? I like, I like that you understand me so fast already. You said, do you have information instead of advice? No, because you're right. Because advice doesn't, it doesn't sound good when you're like, when like, it doesn't sound good on either. Like, it's just like. It's, it's tough. It's, I got it from Will Smith and it's stuck. He said, when you give advice, you're basically telling people the way you did it and telling them that this is how you got to do it to kind of get like me. And when he said it, I was like, damn, that's fucking, that's kind of real. Like mm -hmm. I, I've, I've done that. I've, I'm guilty of that, of giving advice to get where I am. It, right. And that's not the way. So information is just different. It's like um, do with it what you will. Yeah, exactly. You take mm -hmm. it and, and put it in your pocket or not. It's your mm -hmm. choice. Mm -hmm. um, for me, with doubt, I believe that the way I see things for myself are completely different from the way anybody else can see it, right? And and there's such a passion that I speak with when I speak about what I want to do. Mm. There's passion because I believe that you I believe can do in it. it. I believe you, it, and you believe in it. So yeah. so yeah. so when I when I say these things, the doubt comes from people who can't see what I see, who don't mm. believe what I believe, and I can't knock you for that. There's no reason why you should. There's no reason why you should be invested into my thing if you're not a part of my thing. So, right. so I've learned to, to, I would say, ignore, but also place all of that doubt in a bucket of the same. And when you look at that and you look at the people, there's a type of person that consistently has that and does that. And a lot of those people 
you find are struggling with taking the step forward in their own lives. And because of that struggle, well, they project it onto others because of that struggle. Mm -hmm. I'm struggling with this, so I'm going to, I want to, other people should struggle. And here's some, right. here's some of my struggle, right? And, right? and you got a choice to take that or not. So the information that I would give in that is you're making it because you're, you're already outside of the norm. Right, right, right. You're thinking outside of the box. Or you might know something that they, that the doubters they don't they don't know. Don't know. Yeah, yeah. And with that being said, also, there's a no fear to try, not being afraid to hear no or to be told yeah. no, this isn't gonna work for us. Not being afraid to hear that. That's that's the separation. Right, right. I'm so comfortable with hearing the word no or with getting booed or with people not laughing. I'm so comfortable with <laughs> it. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me because I go, oh, well, that one didn't work. But that's probably because you have such a like a strong background in stand up, though. I mean, that's all that is probably. It's probably it probably has right? a, a, a lot to do with it. A live aspect. And I also know that I'm never going to get to the funny side of it if I don't go through the unfunny side of it. Uh, yeah, so how, how am sure. I going to get to the funny? So if, if I try to give the funny and if everybody treats the thing that I'm trying to do as if it's the best, well, then I'm never really going to know. Right. But when I'm getting that honest feedback, uh, mm -mm, oh, God, no. Ooh, uh, oh, okay, that's not it. So then when I finally do get the other reactions, I know that I put the work in to get there. Oh. So I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable with rejection because without it, we wouldn't get to right. the acceptance. We yeah. wouldn't get to the, to the, oh my God, we love this. Right? right. Without a bad movie, we wouldn't, we wouldn't know what a good movie right, is. Right, right. Or, or, or how to fix it to make a... Yes, you don't know. Right, right. You truly don't know. So mm -hmm. you need these things. You need these, you need those moments of quote unquote, um, bad, uh, to help you with your, your quest to good. And yeah. that's what I would say. I would say, accept it all the way, but don't let it rock you. Mm -hmm. Don't let it change you. John Stewart is back in the host chair at the daily show, which means he's also back in our ears on the daily show ears edition podcast. The daily show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. A question that I love to ask on here is, you know, who, who are you influenced by? Who does it for you? Who are you a fan of? Um, like growing up, like who are my... Let's go, whoever, let's go. In this space of entertainment, right, you have so many people that are doing what you now are and, and whether it be music, whether it be acting, comedic acting, like who moves the needle for you? Who, who acts as a, as a, as a impact uh, in this business to you? A lot of women, strong women growing up, I guess. I really like Margaret Cho. Ooh. I mean, obviously. I know Margaret. Uh, She's such a sweet lady. Yeah. Yeah, she is. She is. I mean, her stand up was just like, it was like so important for me to see that so young. And then I like seeing like Gina Davis ah, and um, A League of Their Own. Yes, yes. Yeah, and uh, you know Trudy Weigel, Carrie Kenny Silver. I know Trudy. Yes, 
Yes. Yeah. 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 You don't rock me that. at all. Uh, babe Nora said hi. <laughs> My wife has no respect for what I do. No, for that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> just no respect. That's okay. At all. No, that's all right. No, no, no. <laughs> look, look, look. She's still talking about <laughs> no, no respect. No respect at all for what I do. This is, this it's, is, it's all that's good. No, you know, I don't, yes. I, it's fine. <laughs> um, but, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I loved, uh, I loved, uh, like Margaret Cho's stand up. I loved stand up growing up. I love those names. I mean, those are, those are three yeah. amazing names. You yeah. know, uh, Margaret, God, what did I do? It was a show, maybe about four years ago, maybe four or five years ago. Um, I was doing something at a at a casino, and I think it was Margaret Cho and Sarah Silverman. Um, uh, I was one more comic, and I like hosted it. And I remember her being on the show, and it's like I haven't seen her perform in a long time. And you know, I got to see her just live, yeah. and I was like, "Yep, there it is. That's the thing. She's got the thing." It still goes from when I was seven years old to I went to see her not mm-hmm. maybe not two years ago at like at, at, at uh, I think a casino, and I was dying. I was, I was like a dot. I was, it was so funny. I mean, your Thank stand you. up too, obviously. I love it. I, I love, I love the conversation that we're having because, you know, this is what I missed. This is what I, I missed on the set of Jumanji because we never had the time to, to go here or to get here. And, you know, your, your, your backstory, just your reason for why yeah. and, and, and where you are. I think it's important. I think it's important for, for, for people to understand uh, the mind of of these artists, man, and and especially the ones that are making us laugh. And you, you, my friend, are doing that at a very high level. Um, let's talk about your show. I want to get into the show. Um, what what is the show about, Nora from Queens? You're going yeah. into season two, right? This is this is a big deal. It means you got picked the fuck up, yeah. which doesn't happen uh, after season one. They said, "Well, give us more. We want a season two. Give me, give me the world of Nora from Queens. Mm-hmm. The foundation is just based on how I grew up. It's in Queens with my dad and grandma. Mm-hmm. In in this case, the same house. And it, it's it's basically about kind of how I was when I was living at home, and I didn't. I was in between jobs, and I didn't really know what to do, what was coming with my life. But then also knowing that I was up against you know a world that is telling me what i should do that and and i'm not capable of doing it you know like i simply i don't i i'm not going to be good at work like i'm just you know so so it you know i think it shines a light on, a little bit on this kind of millennial conundrum um but also about like kind of the outer borough um existence right mm-hmm. like like there i grew up with mostly uh people of color like like minorities i didn't i i didn't grow up majority white like some other asian kids grow up so i i i i felt like i wanted to shine a shine a light on like what happens kind of what life is like growing up in queens who's playing your 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 dad and your grandma you got two comedians playing your dad and grandma correct oh yeah Lori tanshin she was um <laughs> i mean she very recognizable from orange is the new black and and bd wong nice. my dad nice yeah, and we also have Bowen Yang as, as Cousin Edmund. Nice. It doesn't get better than that. By the way, very familiar faces. They've been in tons of things, tons, tons of things. And for Comedy Central, this is a hit, man, and it's, it's good to see that. You know, uh, Comedy Central's are partners of mine, have been for quite some time. I did yeah. a pilot with them with Bill Burr that never got picked up. When? Uh, me and Bill Burr did a pilot. This is like, I don't know, probably nine years ago. 
Me and Bill Me and Bill Burr did awesome. a pilot where we were like we were friends and and it was it was a it was a quirky fun idea very i wish i could get my hands on it so i could show people this pilot yeah. between bill and myself before uh you know we got of course to where we are now it was so good so funny uh but common central didn't pick it up but everything happens for a reason Everything happens for a fucking reason. If I got picked yeah. up, then I wouldn't be doing this goddamn podcast and I wouldn't right. be doing all the things that I'm doing now. Right. Uh, and we have to make sure that we make people aware also uh, September Marvel. You got a movie coming out again. Give yeah, me the title September once 3rd. again. Give me the title. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. How yes. do you feel about this world of Marvel, like being embedded in it? Um, where are they strict? Are they like, you know, what you can do, can't do, uh, what you can't talk about, can't talk about? Like when it comes to the marketing, like do you got to give a crazy amount of time <laughs> to go and market? How's this been? You know, it's, I, I think, you know, definitely there, it's, it's a very secretive world in terms of spoilers and like <clears throat> the information that you can, can kind of give out so that there, there has to be a, a degree of care there, but I will say it is a very free environment when you're filming. It's very utopian. Mm-hmm. Um, the crafty is great, for instance. You know, and you know, it's <laughs> great, great of French hours. I love, love, love all the crafty. Um, yeah, so it's 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 really great in that way. Um, there's a big feel to it, but also I think there's time to make it small and intimate. You know, like work with the characters, and 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 that's definitely our director was awesome. How long did you guys shoot for? We shot, um, I guess, between four and six months, or something, something like that. Yeah. Jeez, jeez, and where'd you guys shoot at? Sydney. Australia. Sydney, okay. Yeah. Australia's amazing. Love yeah, Australia. you like it? Where's where's your favorite love, part of Australia? Love. Yeah, Australia's I've, fun, I, man. I would say I am I am big on the Gold Coast, oh, right? Yeah. And here's why. Gold Coast is a little slower. So Byron Bay, yeah. uh, Brisbane. I mean, when you say Sydney, you say Melbourne. Um, I, I love Australia in yeah. general. Uh, Perth. Like, yeah. every, I can tell you every single part. There's Australia... For me, as a as a touring comic, has always been my biggest international market. Like I think we did, I did probably like a hundred and fifty thousand people in Australia. What? Yeah, when we toured in Australia. That's between, crazy. Between all of the Australia, my my love for Australia is ridiculous. I don't get no yeah. fucking water though. I don't get no goddamn water out there. What? The water is fucking insane. It's, you don't get you, a lot of shit. You out don't there. go. It's a lot of shit out there in Australia. It's a lot of shit out there. <laughs> everything in Australia can kill you, Nora. Okay. Yes, they can, they but they're everything. beautiful beaches. No, fucking <laughs> amazing beaches, okay? But they, have, they got shit out there that can fucking kill you. You just out in the sand? Listen, Do you even go into the even, beach? No, I was on the sand one day and it was like washed up jellyfish that were like on the fucking on the beach. They were called uh-huh. blue, blue bottles or some shit like that. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck is that? And I was like, oh, it's a dead jellyfish. And I was like, what? Why is it on the beach? <laughs> Like they just wash up on the beach like that. They're like, yeah, that's how they die. Well, so they in the water? <laughs> so they out there? Oh my God. That's enough for me. Eric Ganji, oh the deadly jellyfish that's the size of your fucking finger. Uh I mean <laughs> shark. Oh my God. I can go down the list. Brown they snakes. They do. They have a, they do have some some crazy spiders there. Brown too, snakes. Well. They got fucking brown snakes out there, uh, <laughs> which are killer snakes. They got the the fucking red back spot. Everything in Australia can kill you. It's it's the yeah. most dangerous country ever, and I don't understand how they're so comfortable with that. Everybody's comfortable with that. Yeah, I guess they grew. They you know they're good at you know capturing a spider. Did you go yeah. like? Did you do the beaches and all that shit? You were you hung out? 
Um, yeah, yeah, I, I did. I, I, I got a lot actually. Yeah. You didn't fucking have any run-ins with the wildlife out there. Um, I saw a kangaroo. That's oh, that's it. That's okay. from afar. Okay. And it, it, in the city? Were, yeah. You were in Sydney? Wait, where did you? <laughs> oh my god. We went up. We went up. Oh, I would have shit it myself. We went up to a place called Parramatta. Oh. There were a bunch of there was like fields with them, and and also the birds are so beautiful too. Yeah, birds are beautiful till they fucking attack you. They can pick up people. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I can't believe you. Talking about the swooping yeah, guys. Yeah, the fucking swooping the, birds. The swooping. Yeah, they come in and fucking pick my little you ass have, up. You have a warning with. Every animal, with every yeah, every I just don't <laughs> I just don't fuck with animals, man. In Australia, no, I, it's all good. That's okay. Australia is the place where they have it. It's just a lot of shit out there. I mean, the fucking kangaroos. It was cool until I started seeing the videos of like the the real strong ones, the kangaroos that are on steroids. Oh, yeah, the yeah, those kangaroos. <laughs> I don't fuck with them. The, yeah, I, no, don't, I don't like that no, at all. No. Jesus Christ, can't believe it. Yeah, can't even yeah. believe that you're just comfortable with doing it. Um, yeah. Nora, all good things come to an end. And unfortunately, this conversation, yes. it has to come to an end. It has to. <laughs> I don't want it to, but it has to, man. And for my audience, the beauty of us doing these, doing these amazing goddamn uh, interviews and, and having this amazing dialogue is for you guys to leave with a better understanding than what you came in with. And I'm going to say mm -hmm. I am leaving with such a strong understanding of who you are, who you are, and what you are about to be. And I love that you are intact with your mental. I love that you are concerned about you at this point in your career and, and conscious of that and not just conscious of the work because it's hard to do that. And I would say early in my career, I definitely didn't have that level of understanding that, that you put on display today. And, you know, it's so important to just have this, the, the, the self, the understanding for self, the want for self to be in control and be okay because this monster that we're in, it can fucking grab you. And if it grabs you the right yeah. way, goddamn it, it, it won't let go. And I just love where your head is. And, and I'm so happy for you, so proud of you and all the success that you're having, everything that's come your way. Uh, Well-deserved, work hard. You fucking work hard and it's paying off, man. <laughs> it's fucking paying off Thanks, for you. Kevin. I mean it. Super, super dope. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being yeah. had. I can't have you if you don't come on and you don't want to be no, had. This is mutual. I'm here, dude. You're you're such a pleasure all around. I've never laughed that hard on a podcast ever. <laughs> it's, it's, it's exactly what I told you it would be. And I know when we started talking, yeah. you were like, hey, man, Kev, what is this shit? I ain't trying to do no, no <laughs> shit, man. Don't have me talk about no shit. Like, I said, no, nor it's so easy. It's just a regular conversation as if we are. It really was. It really was. And, and you're right. We never really got the chance to talk on Jumanji, so I'm glad we, we got the chance now. This is huge. This is big. You're awesome. Guys, do not forget uh, Nora from Queens. Season 2, man, Comedy Central. It's a big deal, okay? Also, yes. if you're not familiar with her work, goddamn it, go back and go watch Crazy Rich Asians so you can see what I saw, which is the beginning of where all of this fucking stuff started, which is why she's getting all the work that she also deserves. Uh, such a great presence on camera and such a great presence when it comes to goddamn getting that laugh. You do what you do you do it very well <laughs> thank you kevin uh, that was, thank you wow guys this is comedy gold mines where we do what where we get inside the minds of amazing comedians comedic talent people who yes. understand funny and oh my god what amazing minds they are and today was no different nor alum ladies and gentlemen comedy gold mines is a serious xm and lol audio production executive produced by kevin hart ty randolph and eric weil with tastemakers media emil garner and ian mcdonald
John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. Did you guys hear about that couple that went on vacation and one spouse murdered the other? In fact, the entire vacation was planned just so that they could make the murder look like an accident. Ah, so like a slaycation. Oh boy, sounds like a fun new true crime podcast to me. On every episode of Slaycation, we'll examine true cases of people who were killed while on vacation. Was it murder? <coughs> or just a horrible accident? <coughs> That's up to you and the law to decide. But either way, if you leave for your vacation in the plane and come home under the plane, you've definitely gone on a Slaycation. Join us every week for a fascinating new episode. 911, what's your emergency? But make sure to pack your body bags, because getting away can be murder. This is Slaycation. Slaycation.